I just just want to open up here. Let's just bow our heads and let's just pray together. Father, I just thank you that we have this privilege still in South Africa that we can gather as your church. Thank you for the freedom that we have to come together and to say there's no other name. There's no other name than the name of Jesus and that you are holy and that you're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. There's only one that is worthy. There's only one that is exalted to a place where, where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that He is the Lord. So we thank you that we have this privilege to come together as your church and look upon the one who is worthy, the one that is able to change any heart, the one that is able to do miracles in our lives, the one that is able to bring the lonely into family. So we trust you even in this morning that you will come and speak to us we say, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit, you are so welcome. You're so welcome. I know you are here, but you are so welcome to do as you please in our lives, in our hearts. We pray that every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, that it will be taken captive and be brought to the obedience of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning's preach is going to be a bit different in a sense, like I'm coming as a father that's coming come to speak to the family, and I believe there are certain things that the Lord wants to come and tweak in us and also caution and guard us against. Um, we have these family meetings, I don't know, some of you also have like, <laughs> I don't know, Do you fam your families also have some conflict, eh? <laughs> it's not just mine, <laughs> but there's, there's moments where you just feel you can't just go on, you have to speak about things, and, um, and I believe this morning is, is one of those moments where the Lord wants to come and speak into us, and I want to ask that you will soften your heart, and that, that you will posture yourself well. Um, to our visitors, some of the things that I will be sharing would be applicable to you also. So just come along, um, and as the Holy Spirit convicts you, just respond to that. Um, so what, I, what I'm feeling is, I'm, I'm going to share what I feel the Lord is, I'm going to speak a bit, then there's going to be some people that had dreams that we're going to release for them to share the dreams. And then I'm going to highlight three things that I believe the Lord wants to come and deal with. And then our response will be, we're going to take communion together as, as a congregation. Um, and probably maybe still worship after that. But I, I really trust that, yeah, that we'll posture our hearts well to, um, yeah, for what the Lord wants to come and do. So why do we, why do we gather like we do? Why are we here? Why did the church come together? What is our purpose? What is the thing that we are giving ourselves to? You know, our first or main thing is to glorify Jesus. It is, that's why we, it's like we don't exist for anything. If we have anything to boast in, it's in Him. We, ha we are not so clever. We are not so great. He is all wise. He's all-powerful, all-knowing. So we come together 
um, that we can actually together to glorify Jesus together. Secondly, why do we as the church gather? So that we can go and make disciples. That's what Jesus told us. Um, I always said like that was Jesus' last words <laughs> on, uh, because that's what he told his disciples. But I mean, he spoke in heaven also. So it wasn't his last words. But on earth, it was his last words. He told us to go and make disciples. So we exist for this very purpose, to, to glorify him and to make disciples. As we see him, we have this opportunity to go and tell others of what he has done in our lives. And in that process as we go, people coming to know this amazing Savior. And maybe you sit here this morning and you do not know Jesus. This morning is an opportunity for you. If you're visiting, maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. This morning, before we take communion, I want to encourage you <laughs> to, to trust the Lord. If you start feeling your heart, maybe it's, it's today. Today is the moment that you're going to respond to that. We don't just have meetings for the sake of meetings. And then the third thing I want to mention is like we gather because we know that Jesus is coming back. And he's coming back for a pure and spotless bride. Without wrinkle. Without spot. That is what Jesus is coming for. He's coming for a pure bride. Um, and I want to read... And quickly, in Ephesians 5, verse 25, it's where it speaks about husband and wives. But it tells the husband to love your wife just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. To make her holy. Jesus, he gave up his life to make us holy. Cleansing her by washing of the water through the word. And to present her to himself as a radiant church. Without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish. But holy and blameless. This is what Jesus wants to do. And I believe there's something of that that he wants to come and do today. So I want you to keep that big picture in mind. Where we're going is... We're here to glorify Jesus. We're here to make disciples. And, and the, the third thing is like, Jesus is coming back for a pure, spotless bride. And the, I just think about that. Oh, Jesus, just what the work you need to do in me still. <laughs> to be that bride. To be what you're coming back for. It's like, oh. <laughs> but, but God. But, what, but he gave his son to present. Jesus is going to present us to be a pure and spotless bride. Um, and so I'm going to ask Lindy and Deborah to come and quickly share. First Lindy and then Deborah. Lindy, where are you? Are you here? Cool. So Lindy came to me um, in the week. You can come to the front. Yeah. And she had two dreams um, on different times. Um, and I thought I'll, I'll share the dreams. And then I said, no, let, let her share it. Um, and so she's going to share what she's dreamed. And I believe it's, it's sort of a, a warning that the Lord wants to come and give us. So I want you to listen as I speak and as, as she shares and as Deb's going to also share a bit on that. If the Lord convicts you of something, before we take communion, we want to deal with that thing today. Um, so we're just going to allow, don't run away, it's the, but... but 
and run now. <laughs> Just stay a little bit. It's going to be okay. <laughs> You're going to be okay. <laughs> but I, I, I believe there's an enemy that wants to come and steal from us. And as a father, I want to come and say, no, it's not going to happen. Not here. And we're not going to allow this thing. So listen to the dreams and then you'll understand what I'm saying. Good morning. Um, firstly, I want to say is something very really strange happened. I actually, I couldn't speak. And I went for a neck scan on Friday just to see what it is. There's nothing wrong with me. Absolutely nothing. But it's as if my voice is being taken away. So I know the enemy does not want us to listen to the dreams, and he doesn't want us to speak. So, oh, so <coughs> if I, Shanka, yes, can you kill it? All right, okay. So, but it's not gonna change anything. All right, the first dream I had was, I was on a farm, and there's a big swimming pool, and I saw something inside the swimming pool, and as I walked closer, I saw it was this enormous, crocodile getting out of the swimming pool and um, I was first I was afraid but then I decided okay well I'm gonna pick this this crocodile up close his mouth and go and I, I saw it's very powerful so I couldn't kill it so I was looking for the farmer or the owner of this farm to kill it so um, what I think the Lord wanted to tell us that there's an enemy in our midst. It is powerful. Um, we don't have the strength to kill except for God. Can you hear? Okay. No. I'm a word. Okay, see. Um, so I think a crocodile is not our friend at all. So it's, it's dangerous. It can kill us. And it can actually bring chaos. And if you look at the nature of a crocodile, if it eats its prey, it actually twists everything around before it kills you. So I think it wants to come and twist the truth. That's, yeah, I think that's what the enemy is trying to do. So it's going to try to cause chaos and twist the truth. The second um, dream I had, Maris gave it to me but I can actually can't read without glasses, <clears throat> giving my age away. Um, the second dream was recently that I had. I dreamt I was in a family or in a community, and we're living together, so there's a lot of people around me. And I saw a black mamba sailing in between the people, and I was like, why aren't you afraid of this snake? It can kill you. And they just ignore me, like nothing is going on. And I thought, okay, I've got a round little table. When I see the snake again, I'm going to kill it. And as soon as I wanted to kill it, everybody started yelling and say, how dare I kill the snake? Because it's their pet. And I'm like, no, it's not. It can actually kill you. And so in the evenings, the snake actually went into the beds of the people and slept with them. And um, one evening it tried to come into my bed, but I pulled it out. But I was never bitten. So I think the Lord wants to show that there's an enemy in our midst. Um, and it became so familiar that it became our pet. 
Um, so he will show us what it is. The other thing I felt is we're ignoring the Holy Spirit. If the warnings come, we are closing our, our ears. So that, that is also very dangerous. And we don't realize that this snake is so poisonous, it can lead to spiritual death. The other thing I felt is this is causing division. Um, because there was warnings, nobody's listening, so we are divided, and that actually leads to unity that's not there anymore. That's it. Thank you. I asked Debs just to pray into the dream, so she felt a few things that she's just going to share. When I prayed about the dreams, um, something that stood out to me is the snake had become... It was a familiar thing, but it wasn't threatening. And when I prayed about it, what I felt is that there were sins that are not as outright. You know, the ones that are a little bit more subtle. Like, if it was something that you know, like, as Christians, we'd go, oh, poor, no, shucks, it's a sin, we need to deal with it. But I felt that there were things trying to creep in that were a little bit more subtle. And it's, a lot of it is word-type things, like gossip, um, pride things. It would be things like places where maybe the Lord's convicting you on something that's not an outright sin, but it's something he doesn't want you to partake in, and we're choosing to go against it. And the second thing that stood out was, as a group of friends around a person wanting to deal with sin, we can easily be the voice going, no, no, it's fine, it's a pet, leave it, it's not so bad. And that I felt like there was a caution for us that if the Lord is convicting people, if the Lord's calling us upward into a greater measure of holiness, that we not come and say to someone, no, it's not a, it's not, that's not a sin, it's okay, it's okay. But that we make sure that we're in line with the voice of the Spirit and that we not cause our brothers and sisters to sin against their conscience. Cool. All right, so who of you like snakes? Not, we have pets, snakes. <laughs> no, okay. It's like you don't want them in your bed now. You don't want them. If you want a crocodile in your swimming pool, no, you don't want it there. It's just, and I, and I think all, the, all these things are like these reptile kind of creatures. There was a third dream about a little dragon kind of thing that became bigger when somebody tried to deal with it. So when I got all these dreams, I was like, what is happening here? Um, and I was like, come on, there's something that we need to be aware of and, and look out for. And, um, and so the things that were highlighted were like things that we would just continue doing. So I think one of the things where um, I also had a similar dream. So I'm going to share my dream a bit later um, before, uh, just before I close. But the three things I believe the Lord wanted to come and show out to us that we need to guard against. The one is gossip. It's like, is that a snake? Well, if you, if you allow it, it can. What is gossip? The dictionary says casual or unconstrained conversations or reports about other people, typically involving details that are not confirmed as being true. Should I read it again? Casual, unconstrained conversations or reports about other people, typically involving details that are not confirmed as being true. 
And, and so we, 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 we have these conversations with people. And I'm not saying, if the shoe fits you, you wear it. And you repent. <laughs> but if, if it's not, then wait, there's more coming. <laughs> but I think even if I don't mention the thing that I, I believe the Lord wants to come and deal with, it's just open up your heart. Maybe there is something that you have allowed to become something that you need to deal with. Um, so just looking at Romans 1, when they speak about um, gossiping, it's listed among some crazy sins. Like, it's so important that it's actually listed. So let's just read verse 29. The, um, before that, they speak about um, ladies having relationship with ladies and, and guys having relationship with guys. And then it gets into verse 29. Their lives become full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. And I just want to say, in the middle of this, pride. I've, one of the things about this thing of, of, of thinking like you can speak about other people is like, you think you're better, so you can, so there's a measure of a pride in that. So gossip is only the fruit of actually a, uh, something else. Um, they invent new ways of sinning, and they disobey, and they disobey their parents. Um, they refuse to understand. Um, they break their promises, heartless, and have no mercy. Um, so it just goes on, goes on, and. So, Ephesians 4 verse 29 says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as, it, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. So what comes out of our mouths should not be corrupting. It should be something that builds up. So the, this enemy has this thing to bring loose lips. And its aim is to divide us. And I'm saying no. No. It's not going to divide us. Because he's coming back for a pure and spotless bride. He's coming back for a people that's going to together share the gospel and make disciples and, and glorify Jesus. But this thing is, is, is bringing a spot that we don't want. The second thing that I felt the Lord wants to highlight is complaining and grumbling. Who of you like complaining and grumbling? <laughs> now, I was reading, or let me first read the scripture in Philippians 2 verse 14 to 16. Do all things without grumbling or disputing. <laughs> so is there any time for grumbling? <laughs> Do all things that you do without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless. Again, no spot, no wrinkle, um, in the midst of a crooked, twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that, the, so that in the day of Christ I might, I might be proud um, that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. So 
I was reading Numbers during the holidays, and uh, Numbers 11, um, it was speaking about the Israelites that were complaining. And as I was reading that, something in me is like, huh? and I said, Lord, is it something we have to look out for this year or something? I just, it just got highlighted to me. But if you've read Numbers 11, it's, it says the people were complaining. And as they were complaining, it just says the Lord heard them. You can put up Numbers 11 verse 1. The people soon began to complain and the Lord about, to the Lord about their hardships. So, I mean, sometimes we can complain about our hardships. It's difficult. But they were complaining and when the Lord heard them, His anger blazed against them and fire from the Lord raged amongst them and destroyed the outskirts of the camp. Just go on. The pe people screamed to Moses for help. And when he prayed... To the Lord, the fire stopped. After that, the area was known as Tiberia, the place of the burning, because the fire from the Lord had burned among them. And this, if this is not enough, then it says there came rebels, people, this mixed multitudes, mixed between Egyptians and, and Israelites, and foreign rabble, and they say, if only if we had meat... <laughs> And, uh, and then they go about just the, the, um, the, the fish in Egypt that they didn't pay for. But they forgot they were slaves. <laughs> they didn't have to pay for it. They were in slavery. And so they're complaining about this. And, and then God's, long story short, he says, to, okay, I'll give you meat. Not just for one day. Not just for three. Not just for five. I'll give it to you until it comes out of your nostrils. <laughs> and you become nauseous. You word naar. I have you so much flesh That you naar is. And it's just the thing that I, I want to highlight through this is like God doesn't like complaining. And so complaining is not a neutral action. It comes from somewhere. It comes from a feeling of helplessness, which can breed a type of arrogance that says, if I was in control, this would not have happened. If I was in control, this would not have happened. You see, pride again. Complaining is like, so for example, you sit in a traffic jam. We can complain about the drivers who just don't quite have the same skill and understanding as us. Who of you have done that? <laughs> All right. Um, inside our families, we complain about our spouse and our kids who would all finally reach perfection if they would only listen to us. <laughs> ah. The last thing, in our churches, we complain about the people the programs and its purposes, all which would be elevated to new heights of effectiveness if we were in charge. It's so easy to, to speak out because you think you're better. You can do this better. The root of that thing is ugly, and it's a spot. It's a wrinkle. It's not beautiful. So guard yourself against that. But Morris, I have to vent. First, go to the Lord and talk to Him. Let Him change your heart. 
and go and speak to the right people. The person that can actually help you to process your heart. But when you complain with somebody, you, causes fa you cause factions. You cause division. And this is the very thing this snake and this crocodile wants to do amongst us. And we say no. No more. No more. So, if, if you found that your lips were loose and you would speak about people and say things about them which is not true, maybe it's a good time this morning to say, sorry, Lord, please forgive me. If you find yourself grumbling, complaining, maybe it's a good time to come to the Lord before we take communion and say, Lord, please forgive me. Help me to be that bride that is pure and spotless without wrinkle. Are you still okay? Just one more quote. Complaining is us declaring to anyone who will listen, I could do better. To anyone who will listen to me, I can do better. And if somebody's looking for that anyone, you tell him, mm -mm. don't speak to them. <laughs> don't, don't bring that here. Because <laughs> if you do that, you stop that thing. And you don't do it in pride. You say, I don't think we should deal with this in this way. When somebody gossips, you say, uh -uh. <laughs> not yet. I'm not available. <laughs> you know, some people, they, um, they struggle. They go from one girlfriend to the other or, or boyfriend to boyfriend. And it's like, why is it this, all these breakups happening? It's because you're available. <laughs> you <need to> <laughs> you're available. And I think some of us are available to the sin. And it follows us. We need to become unavailable. Unavailable to gossiping and complaining. So visitors, it's not just the Wellington. I think it's a, it's a pandemic. <laughs> because it's so easy to complain about things that are not working. In South Africa, when the power goes off. <laughs> if only I was in charge of ESCOM. <laughs> things would be different. <laughs> I can do better. But I think we need to take our complaining to the Lord. Because complaining comes from a heart of pride. The third thing that I believe the Lord wants to come and highlight is taking offense. Now, you know how many people I spend with to put fires out where there's offenses. I'm like, oh my goodness, I want to make disciples. <laughs> I don't want to just deal with offenses the whole time. And... Um, and then most people I speak to, it's like, no, I'm not offended. I'm not offended. I'm not offended. I'm just, I don't know what. But now I looked at the, the dictionary of what offense means, no? of taking offense. Let me just read some of these words. There were many more, but uh, upset, hurt, wounded, insulted, displeased, distressed, disgruntled. Dissatisfied, annoyed, angry, irritated, muffed, fed up. <laughs> I'm not offended, Morris, but I'm just irritated with so-and-so. There's something wrong in our hearts. Because how dare you do that to me? Don't you know who I am? How dare you treat me like this? It's my right. 
to get offended. Jesus had every right to be offended. But he said, Father, forgive them because they do not know what they're doing. He had every right to, to take his right, to call upon legions of angels, to sort those Roman soldiers out, just show them who is boss. But he did not do that. He died a death that we should have died so that we can have eternal life. Jesus looked offense in the face and says, this does not happen here. I will not get offended. I will forgive. Some of us don't want to give forgiveness, but Jesus did not withhold forgiveness from you. Why do you want to withhold that from somebody else? And actually you will realize when you forgive somebody, you'll be much freer. It brings you into bondage and it brings division. This thing's thing, its plan is to cause division. And taking offense is you've got 30 seconds to untake that. <laughs> Have you heard that? You've got 30 seconds to get over your offense? Because sometimes it's real. You feel wounded. Somebody really does something that wounded you. And sometimes that offense needs healing and a process of healing. But taking that posture that, Lord, I make a decision of my will to release this person because I don't want to carry any baggage with me. So I want to encourage you this morning, if you are easily offended, you need to cry out to the Lord. And the Lord says, whoever calls upon my name, they will be delivered. They will be set free. Become unavailable to offense. Take authority over, don't let that snake sleep in your bed. Don't let that thing become your pet. It's not a nice thing. And then there are many, th let me read Ephesians 4. Become completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. I'll say, Derek, love. <laughs> and then it says, verse 3, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. Make every effort, 30 seconds, <laughs> to deal with the things that, that wants to come and bring. Irritation, all those things. I'm fed up. Those kind of things that you think, no, it's not offense. I, I'll tolerate that person, but I will not give my heart. And I know that there's something that you need to trust the Lord, that you will come free, that you'll be able to love again, that you'll be able to make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. Because if we do that, it is pure. Without spot, without wrinkle. That's what Jesus is coming back for, for a pure and spotless bride. And you thought it was just when you sleep with somebody that's not your wife. That's what making. These things are defiling us. It's not, it's not a lesser sin because I've got loose lips. It is making space for the enemy to sit at your table. There's a book out. Don't let the enemy sit at your table. 
Don't make space. Okay. All right. So I'm coming to the land. Okay. All right. I'm not going to mention anything else. Let the Holy Spirit do that. But the dream that I had was also, I was fishing and I did not catch myself. I just want to say, <laughs> those of you that were here, I caught myself earlier this year with a hook there. So it wasn't that. <laughs> but I was fishing and it was into the ocean and I was fishing and, um, and I caught something. But usually when you catch something, if you ever went fishing, this thing would fight. It will not want to come. But the moment when I hooked that thing, it was this silver snake that came for me. It was like it completely went in the opposite. It came directly for me. Now I have to, I saw this thing coming and I knew if this thing bites me, it's, it's over. So I grabbed it on his neck and I put his face into a little thing and I folded it up like this. And I put him down there. And, 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 the, and then I woke up. That was, that was my dream. And so we got Lindy's dream. And then we got another dream, and, and, and then I'm like, what is these reptile things doing that wants to come and steal? So in Job 41, it speaks about a reptile thing. It's called Leviathan. Some people say it's a crocodile. The people that's in the creation things, they say it's a dinosaur because it's too small. A, a crocodile's too small. It's some sort of reptile. But just, I'm just going to read you some of these things that this thing are. Um, in Job 41, verse 1, or I'm just, I, it, there's many verses. I, I can't even read all of them. So I'm just going to read a few. Can you catch Leviathan with a hook or put a noose around its jaw? Can you tie it with a rope through its nose and pierce its jaw with a spike? Can you make it a pet like a bird? Or give it to your little girls to play with? Will its, will its heart be, be hurt by spears or its head by a harpoon? Verse 8. If you lay hands on it, you will certainly remember the battle that follows. You won't try it again. This thing is so fierce. It's got um, scubber. I don't know what things. And it's like <laughs> uh, scales. That's like um, <laughs> shields. Like shields, nothing can penetrate. This thing is unbeatable. It is so strong. It was this sea monster that Job saw and God showed him. And, and this thing was so fierce that even if you try to fight it, it's, it's not a thing that you want to pick a fight with. And then at the end of all these verses, then it says this thing. Then the water glistens, verse 32, and in its wake, making the sea look white. And that's why I saw the silver thing coming. Nothing on earth is its equal. No other creature so fearless. All Of all the creatures, it is the proudest. It's the king of the beasts. Verse 34 says in the ESV, it says, He sees everything that is high. He's the king of all the sons of pride. So this creature wants to get into our midst. It's a spirit, a thing that wants to come and make us think that we are better or greater than anyone else. And it 
flows out with the way that we speak about other people, the way we complain about things, the way we easily take offense. And, and you think it's okay, it's not that bad. I'm going to say it's not okay. And we're not going to attempt to fight whatever the enemy wants to come and do. Our posture, and this is the title of the message, humility is our response. Humility is our response. There's good news in Isaiah, in Isaiah um, 27. Can you put it up there? Did I give it to you? This one. It says, In that day the Lord with his heart and great and strong sword will punish Leviathan, the fleeing serpent. Leviathan, the twisting serpent. And he will slay the dragon that is in the sea. So it's him that's going to do this. But we need to guard our hearts and we need to posture ourselves in humility. And I believe we're going to see in the time that we live, we're going to see more and more of this. If you see, if you read the Bible, it says things will get darker and weaker. Wicketer, not weaker. Probably weaker also. Um, and, and this, but a people that goes low. And I want to read this verse to you. James 4. Um, it's 11 verses. I'm just going to read all of them. What is causing the quarrels and the fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you do not have. So you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. You don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. Just Selah. <laughs> and even when you ask, you don't get it because of your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. You adulterers, don't, realize, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Do you think the scriptures have no meaning? That they say God is passionate, that His Spirit has, pleased, has placed within us, should be faithful to Him. I forget. Sorry, and he gives grace generously, as the scriptures say. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil, and he will flee. Humility is our response. Humble yourself. And our resisting is, and our submitting is actually humility. Humble yourself. Resist the enemy and he will flee. Don't go fight it on your own strength. Remember that scripture says, if you fight pride with it, you will The way we deal with this is we humble ourselves. And we repent and we ask for forgiveness and we but it's a posture of humility. 
And then it says, come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinner. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord and He will lift you up in honor. Don't speak evil against each other, dear brothers and sisters. If you criticize and judge each other, then you are criticizing and judging God's law. So it's just, it's for me such a picture of actually there's this thing that wants to come and bring the vision. And the way we're going to say no is if we collectively together say, we humble ourselves and we need you, Lord. A few weeks ago, I preached on prayer, and I believe that God said that this year we need to pray like it. Yeah, what to call Baya. <laughs> we need to pray a lot. And your prayer is a posture of humility where you say you do not have because you do not ask God. We need to ask God. We need to overcome in the areas where the enemy is, is overcoming us. And we, we just, we, we're available to these things. And we need to repent if we have loose lips. We need to repent if we are the, those that are grumbling and it's actually causing factions in our midst. I've seen this in the last two weeks where this enemy wants to come in and do this. And as a father, I want to say, no. And I want you to stand with me today and respond with me and say, we, we as a people say no to this snake. We don't want him in our beds. We don't want him. We are taking the posture of going low. And we're going to respond later, but I want, to, I want you to, to, to see that our response here is humble yourself, repent where you have sinned, with your mouth and forgive and deal with offenses. Those are the things we're going to do right now. And then we're going to take communion together. He prepares a table. We have a table prepared for us in the presence of this enemy. And we're going to put our eyes upon the shepherd. And we're going to humble ourselves before the shepherd and trust him to come and give us breakthrough. Are you trusting? That's what we're going to do now. Are you ready? Huh? And then if there's any other thing that you feel that you want to deal with the Lord, do it now. The Bible says that if we take communion in a, in a wrong way, we actually drink judgment upon ourselves. But if we take communion in a, like we forgive quickly, we repent quickly, it's, it, it's healing. His body was broken for us so that there's wholeness and it unites us. There's the vision things that wants to pop up. And as we partake of his body, we say we are not going to be divided. We are united in Christ. His blood has washed us and cleansed us. So I want to give a moment. If the worship team can come to the front. Um, guys, Ray. And then... Just close your eyes. If there's anything that you want to speak to God or anything that you feel that you want to make right with somebody this morning, um, don't let this moment slip by. Our united response is going to, is, 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 the, is, is the, 
the power, the, the thing in that, that as we come low together, we're saying to whatever this thing is, stop it. We, we submit to God, we resist the devil, and he will flee. And pride is an ugly thing. It's an ugly thing. You don't see it. And I've been praying this whole weekend. I said, God, if there's any pride in me, anything in me, come and deal with me. Even before I speak, before I speak on Sunday, I want to speak about something that I'm struggling with. And this thing is coming for every one of us. Whether this thing is real or not, this Leviathan, there is a realness of pride. And that thing needs to be dealed, dealt with. And it's easy to see, like, I don't want that thing close to me. And I know if I pick a fight with it, it's going to probably conquer me. But if I come low and I let the one Jesus come and put his sword through it, we are victorious in Christ. So, Lord, I pray right now that if there's any, anything in our hearts, that even any conviction, anything that we feel actually that we thought it's a, a, a small thing, we want to be a pure and spotless bride without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you will come in this moment and that you will deal with our hearts. It says this thing has got a stiff neck. And the people in the desert, they were stiff necked. They didn't want to follow you, God. I pray even right now that we will not harden our hearts and, and become stiff necked and say, I won't be moved. God, I pray for a posture of humility. And where we need to say sorry, please forgive us, God, that you will that we will do that. I pray for great boldness to deal with sin in our lives right now. In Jesus' name. We want to deal with things, God, right now. So just there where you are, just talk to the Lord. Just, just speak. If there's anything you want to confess, just